Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity. Or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McKee McGrath, still recording from the tiniest podcast studio closet outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Today on Bewilderbeasts for this Patreon exclusive, we're going to talk about the second worst thing that Pablo Escobar did. All right, let's go. Hello, little beasties. It's me, and it's not September yet, but it's been a really weird summer, I think, for a lot of people, and it's been hot, and it's been gross, and there's a lot of people who are having a really hard time, so I just thought maybe I would pull one of these episodes from the um, from the Patreon-only feed. I put it up on Twitter. There was a vote, and there were two that tied <laughs> for the episode that I should drop, so I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop today's episode my favorite episode that I've done over on the Patreon feed is about the largest invasive species in the world when Pablo Escobar, famous drug lord, infamous drug lord, decided to smuggle four hippos and keep them on his property. And then when he was killed, what happened to the hippos? Well, now we have a new largest invasive species in South America. So I'm going to put that episode here. It is a fun one. It is funny. It does reference drugs. So if there is a uh, concerns about that with the littles in your car, use your own discretion. But I do think it's a really informative episode and it's a really good one. Um, And I think next month, I'm also going to drop the other episode that was in the poll as well that got the same amount of votes. So stay tuned for that. There might be a surprise in your feed. And if you want extra episodes, go on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash bewilderbeasts. You'll find it, you know, dollar a month. You can have like 12 other episodes. It'll get you through until September when I will see you again. If you get off the plane in Colombia, South America, there might be several things that you'd expect. Excellent food, waterfalls, maybe a few passing comments about illegal drugs. But of all the things that I would expect, I can honestly say that hippopotamuses walking through town like they're on a route to the bus stop would not be one of them. In the 1980s, four hippos were smuggled into Colombia by cocaine kingpin Pablo Escobar. He had a private zoo because of course he did. But when he was killed in the early 90s, no one knew exactly what to do with these hippos. They couldn't move them. These hippos, as hippos are, are not cuddly, sweet, smooshy-faced creatures that we're accustomed to in cartoons. They are 8,000 pounds. 
fiercely territorial and would make Gallagher super jealous of what they can do with a watermelon. One bite, and they can crush it like it's a grape. Y'all, in Africa, hippos kill more people every year than lions. In fact, they're so hungry hungry, they kill more people than any other large animal. So with that in mind, the next bit might make a little bit more sense. So nearly all of Pablo Escobar's extravagant animals ended up going to local zoos. But these ones, the hippos, were by all accounts allowed to stay and roam the property. I'd argue they weren't so much allowed as no one wanted to deal with them. I think as a result of this, we should change the well-known saying from the elephant in the room to the hippos in Escobar's pond. These people saw the hippos, but they just kind of pretended they weren't there. Maybe they'll just fend for themselves and let nature take its course. Well, nature did take its course, but they didn't die or disappear. When a boy hippo is left alone with three girl hippos, hungry, hungry isn't what happens. Today, there are over a hundred hippos freely roaming in Colombia's countryside, mostly in Pablo Escobar's old pond. But many have broken free and are now freely roaming in Colombia's countryside. With no natural predators, this could easily become over a thousand hippos in one generation. 1,500 are predicted by 2040 if nothing is done. Currently, the tourist industry is booming because of these hippos, and the hippos here seem to be living peacefully with people. But as that population booms, biologists expect this to change. It sounds cruel, but can we cull these creatures? I mean, maybe even just kill the males so they can't breed. In 2009, a few hippos went on a little adventure. They started to terrorize farmers and sent the hippo assassins to dispatch the trio of hippos. But when an image of the hunters with the body of Pepe, a beloved hippo who was killed, the public became vocal. And then animals rights activists got involved. Well, hey guys, we could just contain him until we find a place for him to stay, right? This is cruel. It's not his fault. And the courts agreed. They made hunting the hippos illegal. So culling backfired spectacularly. How about just sedate and move them? Well, that's why they jumped to culling the critters. You see, it's not really possible to just dart or sedate a hippo because their natural response to stress is to run into the water. So if they're darted and sedated and just run to the water, they're going to drown, which is so unkind and not at all what anybody wants. What about birth control? Well, due to the inability to dart it in the first place, a team thought, well, maybe we could still make this work. Let's just Hansel and Gretel this thing into a corral, have a ton of his favorite foods in there, close the gate, then dart him. He'll be safe. And then we can take his testicles, give him a fruit snack, send him on his way. Easy. Two problems. The first was after an exhausting effort tracking a hippo who can be remarkably stealthy for an animal the size and weight of two Ford Tauruses and two-thirds the weight of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Stealthy isn't exactly the word that comes to mind when I first think of hippos, but then again, I have never tried to track one. It turns out that they can be very silent and stealthy, but once they finally trapped this hippo into the corral. The hippo panicked and, like a one-hippo demolition derby, easily escaped the wooden fence. See, you would think that he just did it by charging through. You'd be wrong. Y'all, he jumped. 
According to David Ekaveri Lopez, a researcher who led the 2013 Have Your Wild Hippos Spader Neutered campaign inspired no doubt by Bob Barker, we didn't know they could jump. And now you know that they can jump. And what goes up must come down. 8,000 pounds of down. Down right onto the fence, smashing it and allowing for his eventual escape. Remember that in Fantasia, the ballet hippos? Well, real hippos jumping is like Swan Lake, but way less graceful. It would be Swan Lake if all the dancers were on a, well, plethora of illegal substances, come to think of it. And when they finally were able to trap with a taller fence, sedate and figure out how to neuter this boy hippo, they realized that they just couldn't find the testicles to do the procedure. Hippos have a fantastic feature. They have retractable sex organs, which like a successful yo-yo, can go back up into the body cavity. Zip! Into the body cavity of an 8,000-pound animal, who you don't know how long that sedative is going to last on. I'm picturing a veterinarian arm in the hippo up to the elbow, fishing around the interior, like in hippo goo, trying to find testicles in the worst game of hide-and-seek I can imagine. When all was said and done, it cost over $150,000 to take this one hippo out of the gene pool, which seems just about as sustainable as having wild hippos roaming Colombia. You know what? If you were a drug lord and you bring in exotic animals, it's your responsibility to have your wildlife sexually altered in the event of your likely assassination. This way, your zoo doesn't get out of control after you're dead. And while hippos kill more people than any other animal in Africa, Colombia is embracing hippo tourism. The hippo has become a mascot of sorts in the area, but at a great cost. Their, let's just say nature's fertilizer, is gunking up the waterways and making the rivers too acidic for native fish. The oxygen levels are so out of whack that the fishing industry might be in peril. Algae blooms are becoming more common, and it's just bad news. Given the population of these hippos is quite small and the effects of the land is already so damaging, it's not looking great. But then again, if you're looking at the size of these hippos, if I were to take a few Ford F-150s and just toss them into a river, you'd notice the effects even if there were only a couple there. And I'd argue that hippos are way more aggressive than a Ford 150, and more aggressive than other animals in the waterways, which might eke out animals who have been calling these riverways home forever. Like the manatee. The hippos and the manatee are eating the same food. They are eating the food that would usually feed other creatures like the capybara. That's it. Gauntlet thrown. Hippos, I thought y'all were fine. But now you're going after nature's happy BFF, the capybara, which hasn't hurt anyone. Not cool, hippos. Not cool. According to some biologists and people dealing in the front lines of this issue, the animal rights groups are only focused on the hippo, which is a bit unfair to the other species who are not as cute or massive or flashy. And I understand, hippos got a hippo, it's not their fault they're there, but it is Columbia's responsibility. So you can't put them in zoos. No one wants them. And if they could be moved, it's also very costly. When one young hippo was moved to a zoo, it was at the cost of $4,500. You can't send them back to where they came from. Exactly zero African nations want Colombianized hippos, as it's not clear what bacteria they would carry back, what behaviors they would exhibit. It's risky to native populations in Africa. Additionally, these cocaine hippos have their own language, dialects, whatever, 
which is actually pretty cool. You can't easily trap them. We've discussed this. And you can't easily neuter them. It's invasive, it's dangerous to the veterinarians, dangerous to the hippos, cost prohibitive. Of the 100 hippos, if it's only possible to economically neuter one hippo a year, that's not really a drop in the bucket as far as an amorous amphibious animal is concerned. Plus, as mentioned before, their testicles do what women's uteruses were proclaimed to do in the late 1800s. They were just moving around the body cavity. Whee! Their testicles, though, are also the size of melons, so you would think it wouldn't be that hard to find, but it is. A normal castration for animals, 30 minutes for other animals, for hippos, 6 hours. And with a price tag of over $150,000 per neuter, it's not a practical solution. You would need active drug lord money to do this right. And that is not advised for so many reasons. So the resources that are going into the great hippo issue is taking funding away from other endangered species in Colombia and resources away from Colombia's ability to deal with the other 400 invasive species in their country. So regardless if the solution is to cull the hippos or as David Ecaveri Lopez, who now knows hippos can jump, he suggests that sterilizing or relocating the 50 or so hippos in the lake near Hacienda Napoles, which is about half of the hippos now, and only kill those who have wandered further afield. But regardless, the solution is on a clock. Time is running out. This big problem is only going to get exponentially bigger as these hungry, hungry hippos get hungrier. And if it goes on for much longer, it won't matter if they're bringing in tourist dollars. If they become so invasive, the tourists stop coming due to fear and danger, it's not going to matter how many hippos you have. Pablo Escobar's personal property was eight miles. An eight-mile compound. I thought we were moving up getting a 3.7-acre property. Eight miles? Which is now, and I'm not making this up, a family-friendly tourist attraction built on a cocaine empire. Come on, kids, let's go see where he counted his blood money. Hey, kids, a selfie. But in all seriousness, after exporting the animals out of this compound, well, all but the hippos, the drug lord compound turned into a family-friendly amusement park. And they had to import some animals back. You know, for the kids. How much are these hippos spreading out? It looks like about 870 square miles. Holy jumping hippos, Batman, that's only a little smaller than the country of Luxembourg. So for now, the grand experiment is on. Living in genetic isolation, the likelihood these two groups of hippos, African and Colombian, will become two subspecies is looking higher. Hey, Latin folks could have a field day. Hippopotamus cocaineus? Well, let's hope not. But those in favor of keeping the hippos, thinking perhaps that they are rewilding certain areas and that are a benefit to the economy and the environment, and don't forget those tourist dollar dollar bills, hippo keychains, hippo mugs, my other car is a hippo t-shirts. See, if I walked into a town only knowing the Pablo Escobar and cocaine bit and not the hippo bit and saw hippo everything, I'd wonder what was in my in-flight snack. But these are the people who are completely in favor of just letting this play out. While the majority of experts, biologists, environmentalists, they're looking beyond the hippo. They're looking at other impacts, including those on humans, as the hippos, unlike raccoons, can't easily be shooed away. And unlike capybaras, they're not everyone's friend.
So thank you, Patreon supporters, for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. To my Patreon supporters, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting this show. This one is just for you. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath, author of Considerations for the City Dog, co-host of Totally Possum, a not-safe-for-work podcast with me and veterinarian extraordinaire Sip Zipperstein. It's an animal show for adults where David Attenborough would totally clutch his pearls. If it's your jam, go check that out. If it's not, no worries. There are plenty of family-friendly content here on bewilderbeastpod.com. You can be curious about nature in all sorts of ways, so go get curious. I got today's information from a book I've been reading called The Truth About Animals by Lucy Cook. It's got all kinds of cool animal facts and really neat stories, and this would be right up everyone's alley. Businessinsider.com, YouTube.com, a clip of the Today Show from NBC, thegrunge.com, nationalgeographic.com, and nationmaster.com. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tipto Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your curious friends. You know what every other podcaster tells you to do. And I will see you next time. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.